Hello and welcome to the NFL Preview Show powered by Odds Checker. I'm Tom Julian, joined by Ben McClymont, Coach Jeff Reinbold. Jeff, Ben, the NFL playoffs. They've started, they're here, they're in the books. Some of them, what a terrible start. I couldn't remember what <laughs> wildcard weekend was. Oh, I was okay. like, what the hell is wildcard weekend? Right, I was wondering if you were looking for some feedback at any point. No. Hello. Hang on, just give a few seconds before you jump in. Hello and welcome to the NFL Preview Show, powered by Odds Checker. I'm Tom Julian, this is Ben McClymont, Coach Jeff Reinbold. Wildcard weekend, gentlemen, it's in the books, and what did we make of it? Let's start with you, Jeff. Well, you know, it's shocking to me that with all the points that have been scored in the National Football League this year, the 24 by the Cowboys was the most points any of the teams scored in the playoffs. And in the Ravens game, it was historically bad offense for mm. three quarters for the Ravens. Yeah, that stuck with you, hasn't it? The, the, you, I, you cannot get I can't, I can't get that out of my head. I just here was a team that I thought was absolutely primed to make a Super Bowl run, and they just came out offensively and did nothing. And the game looked way, way, way too big for Lamar Jackson, mm. and. That was just, to me, just mind-boggling. San Diego, again, Gus Bradley, I give them a lot of credit for they did a great job of using their speed and what they had on defense. But, you know, I just died for those Baltimore defensive players because they played extremely well. They gave up really one play the whole game. Got turnovers, got field position, did all the things that you have to do to win on defense and just couldn't get it done. Now, Ben, a lot has been made about Lamar Jackson's age. With the Ravens, you know, a couple of days before his 22nd birthday, youngest ever quarterback in the playoffs. Do you think that played out, or do you just think the whole occasion was too big for the whole offense? I think it might have played out a bit, but I still use that. That is his advantage, his age, going forward. I can't, we can't hold it against him just for one game when he carried them to the playoffs single-handedly almost. So I'm not going to hold it against the guy now, but he, it did look a little bit big for him on the occasion. He missed some open throws. He didn't make good decisions in the pocket. He got sacked seven times, I think. Melvin Ingram had a couple. So, yeah. yeah, he made a couple of bad decisions. That might be due to experience. Yeah, you mentioned, Jeff, Gus Bradley there, and the Chargers' defence had a nice day of it. Gus Bradley, is he kind of on the on the edges of maybe a, another head coaching job? Well, I'll tell you what, Tommy, it's really difficult if you're a defensive head coach to get two chances in the National Football League. And, you know, you look at what he actually built or helped build in Jacksonville, sure. you know they were hor- horrific when he went there, and he left them. You don't need to remind a, me. A good, <laughs> as, you, as you know, as a Jags fan, you know I would like to see that happen because I think Gus is a good man and he's a good football coach. But right now, he's taken uh, that Charger defense and really turned it from being woeful a couple years ago to being really, really good. Bosa's playing extremely well for him. Ingram's playing well for him. You know, he's got some young players in the secondary that are really lights-out guys, and they're athletic, they can run, and they tackle extremely well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's kind of strange that we're saying, oh, we need offensive head coaches when we're looking at the games and we say 24 points is the most points scored. So defense is winning, but we need offensive coaches. So it kind of, it's a bit of a contradiction almost, isn't it? Well, defensive head coaches aren't winning, but we need good defense to win. Well, it's explain it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it is interesting, and you and you think about it and say, okay, everybody, it's all about who's hot right now. Sure. So, obviously, when Sean McVay comes in and does what he did, turning the Rams around, and then Matt Nagy comes in and he does what he did, getting the Bears to the playoffs and changing, you know, a, a culture in in Chicago. 
you go, wow, I need one of those. Mm -hmm. Well, you got to remember, there are only so many of those to go around. Yes. And you, what you need in every, in, every, in every situation is a little bit different. What you need in Green Bay is vastly different than what you need in Tampa Bay. So you better find not, you know, not the hot guy, you better get the right guy. And I think Frank Wright proves that in Indianapolis. It's almost like you planned that, Jeff, because he is the hot hand at the moment. The Colts are looking phenomenal. 21-7 winners over the Houston Texans. Nice little divisional game. And the Colts are 10-11. If you want to talk one word about the Colts, it's momentum. Absolutely. And, you know, you look at a team, and to me, I'm not a numbers guy. I'm not an analytics guy. You know, I mean, I think you can bend numbers how you want to bend them. But when I watch the tape, I look for these things. Are you athletic enough? Are you physically tough enough? Is your quarterback good enough? Because, again, it's never happened. We can have this discussion all you want. But when we're talking about a guy like Lamar Jackson, who is not good enough to throw from the pocket right now to beat you, there's never been a Super Bowl champion that didn't have a guy at quarterback who was good enough to throw from the pocket. Last Yesterday, Sean Gale brought up the fact that well, Steve Young was a runaround quarterback. Steve Young was a great athlete, but he also was a, had the ability to throw from the pocket and beat you. I just don't know if you can win a championship in the NFL with a runaround guy. Yeah, uh, Ben, Anthony Costanzo yesterday said of this Colts team that he's never <clears throat> felt the atmosphere like it. He, he's been there eight years, I think, and Indianapolis is a different team, a different beast. And this, this kind of form that they're in, how, how important is that and how magic is that going to be? A bit like the Philadelphia Eagles last year, yeah. are they the surprise package? I think it's similar to the Eagles last year where they feel like they can beat up on teams. Yeah. They go in there... Uh, Marlon Mack ran 24 times for 148 yards. And the offense was, there's some great picks out there of Quentin Nelson, just flattening people. The defense is flattening people as well, and it's quick. It makes plays. Uh, Leonard was all over the place, as per usual. Uh, and they've got some nice players in the secondary as well. So I think you can go in, you can play away games, you can play home games, and they're obviously going to be playing away the whole time now, knowing that you can beat up on people, and that's going to help you. If you're Marlon Mack, you know, well, I'm going to get two or three yards off the go anyway. There's my starter. And Andy Luck doesn't get touched in the pocket. So... What, what have you got to fear, really, at this moment? Totally, yeah. And the offensive line, Jeff, as well, to touch on what Ben said, that is such an important weapon. And often underrated, I think new NFL fans don't really understand the importance of, of an offensive line, but we're seeing it now that it's, it's really helping Andrew Luck, who's still coming back from, from this long-term injury. And it's so important to have a quality offensive line around you. Yeah, and, you know, Chris Ballard, the general manager, did a great job. He went out, he said, when he came to Indianapolis, he said, I'm going to make this team tougher. And he went out and got Marcus Hunt, a free agent from Cincinnati, who everybody said, well, he's just a guy. Well, he is just a guy, but he's a 6'8 guy that <laughs> and pound away at you inside. They're not flashy. This is not a flashy team. But it's a very good team and a very physically tough team. You talk about Costanza, who's a first-round draft pick. Then you get Quinn Nelson, who's a first-round draft pick. And Smith at, at tackle, who is a second-round draft pick. They've invested in big people. And I don't care what you say, you know, <laughs> you win games with big people. Not with little guys. Big people win football games. And the Colts right now, if you look at that game, I'm going to tell you something. The Colts are 
better than Kansas City up front. Wow, we'll get on to that one, but it's the Chargers and the Colts that move on to divisional round weekend in the AFC. In the NFC, we had the Cowboys who beat up on the Seahawks 24-22. Ben, what did you make of this one? This game was I found strange. I thought it was the, uh, the Seahawks that were taken the whole time, but they had two third down plays in a row. One of them, they ran the ball third and ten. The next third and ten, they ran the bubble screen and went for a yard. And they did go for a fourth down to Doug Baldwin with a great catch, but it was so infuriating watching, thinking they're gonna, they, they will take this because the, C- the Cowboys just couldn't put, put any distance between them. But the Seahawks, I thought the, the play calling offensively was just lackluster. It didn't have enough... Uninvented. Yeah, when you bought Russell Wilson, you would have thought... And you saw some of the plays later on when you get Doug Baldwin involved. Tyler Lockett did go for 120-odd yards at the end, but it doesn't make... I don't know, it just wasn't soon enough. I was going to say that to you, Jeff. Offensive coordinator Brian Schottenheimer, does he face any pressure now? Because I think there's a little bit of criticism that he was a bit boring. He was relying on Russell Wilson to make plays, and that's all well and good when Wilson can do it, but the OC should be offering more than that. Well, I think you've got to look at how the teams match up together. And when you look at that game, Seattle, I thought, played the game to give themselves a chance to win in the fourth quarter. And they knew that they could not block that front from Dallas. Mm -hmm. So they were going to minimize the amount of times that they exposed him to that pass rush. And so in those third and long situations, I think they felt as long as the game was close – they were all right to just punt the ball away. And there's an old phrase in the NFL, reserve the right to punt the football and let their defense you know, change field position. The problem is with that philosophy is if you get behind, you have to be able to score to win the game. And you look at this weekend's games, and, and that's really what happened. The Cowboys are very good up front. I mean, and they are very, very good on the defensive line, and they're very active at linebacker. Uh, you know, I think I predicted that would be the outcome of the game as long as Ezekiel Elliott got his 30 touches and he got exactly that 30 touches in the game. And that's that's the formula for Dallas. Well, he didn't just get a 30 touches. He got 137 yards and a touchdown as well. You, you're right, Jeff. He's an absolute weapon. Uh, finished the finished the top scorer in the whole uh, top rusher in the whole league as well, yeah. Benny. So he's going to be a huge part of their offense, of course, going forward into divisional weekend. The last game, Jeff, the Cinderella story continues for the Philadelphia Eagles. They beat the Chicago Bears in Soldier Field in Chicago, 16-15. Did you see it coming? Nope. <laughs> okay, good. And i, I got to be honest with you. I, I, I felt so good about the weekend after the first two games because they felt just the way I thought they would. And then the the Sunday games were both shockers to me. You know, everybody talks about the double doink at the end of the game. It should have never come down to that. The Bears made some mistakes that you just can't make. On the touchdown drive, 60-yard touchdown drive that the Eagles get, you get a you get a, a roughing penalty, roughness penalty on a, on a time when they should have been off the field, mm. right? The safety comes over and he whacks a receiver in the helmet-helmet contact. Stupid. Again, so you make that mistake, and then you make another mistake in that same drive with another penalty, and you know you, you just can't win that way in close football games. The Bears at one point on a scoring play had 10 players on the field. Yeah. And, and so you, know, you look at that and you just go, how can that happen in a playoff game? I thought, you know, and, and every, everybody wants to ride the Matt Nagy train, and I'm, I'm all good with that. But the reality of it is, where did Howard go in your offense? All of a sudden, 
he got, I think, nine touches in the football game. And so, you know, it, it's, it's, a, it's a playoff football is an unforgiving lover. Yeah, that's for sure. I think how the 35 yards. And my other question was where did Tariq Cohen get his four touches on the offensive play? He made a great kick return at the end, which set him up for the field goal. But when you're in tight games like this, surely that's the kind of guy you're going to. Alan Robbins had a great game. But when you're looking for those differences, because they went stagnant for like the third quarter, a bit the fourth quarter, that's when you get Tariq Cohen in the game, isn't it? As a receiver almost. So he was making catches over defensive backs down the touchline in the regular season. Why not get him out in the playoffs? Yeah, and again, it's all about finding ways to get your best players matched up against guys who can't handle what they can do. And, you know, they did do a good job of going after the corner, the, you know, Philadelphia's left corner. But, again, you got Howard, who's a big, strong back, and you've got Tariq Cohen, who's a lightning-in-a-bottle kind of guy. And those guys didn't touch the football mm-hmm. And, you know, again, I'm sure the Bears are just sick right now thinking that, you know, there's a team, when you look at them top to bottom, with the exception of the kicking game, and Parkey is the second most missing <coughs> of anybody in the NFL this year, other than that, you say this team's good enough to win a Super Bowl, and they're going to go out and go home in the first round. Yeah, we've talked about how Chicago lost it, but Nick Foles and the Eagles, did they did they win it as well? Nick Foles was 25-40, 260. 266 yards and two touchdowns. Also had a couple of picks in there. Did the Are we not giving enough credit to the Eagles, or do we think that the Bears lost it? No, I, I think the Eagles deserve a lot of credit. I thought they did a good job. I thought Smallwood showed a little flash at running back. You know, again, they, they did what they needed to do to win the football game. Now, I don't know if you can go to New Orleans and score 16 points and expect to win a football game. Mm. And, and, and again, they're not playing the Bears defense this week, but, you know, again, you look at them, where, where are their weapons? Yeah. I mean, Alshon Jeffrey is a big receiver. Uh, uh, you know, he's not, a, he's not a vertical stretch receiver. He's a possession guy. And you look on the other side, Aguilar, sometimes you don't even feel him in the game. Golden Tate made a great catch at the end of the game. But, again, he hasn't been what everybody anticipated. He would, he would be either. Yeah. Well, we'll look forward to Divisional Weekend. So it's the Cowboys and the Eagles who progress through from the NFC. Now let's get on to the Divisional Round. <laughs> oh, boy. All right, so Divisional Round Weekend. And let's start with the first game. Makes sense, Ben, doesn't that it? Makes sense. Yeah, no, chronological order. The Indianapolis Colts at the Kansas City Chiefs. Benny, who do you like in this one? I'm still sticking with the Chiefs. They were my pick for the Super Bowl, and they're still my pick for the Super Bowl. I think you are going to pick Kansas City. I am. Against it's Andy Reid's time. Do you know how long it's been since they've won a playoff game? Yeah, a long time. But this is different. <laughs> just... You were not born yet. <laughs> Don't let that beard fool you. He's no, a young man. I'm a young boy. <laughs> not really. Why... But... Well, are you saying differently, Dan? Jeff, are you back in the Colts? I'm just saying <laughs> that if you're Kansas City, you think this is going to be a walk in the park? No. You've got another thought coming because these Colts are physical. They can run the ball. Who's got the worst? No, let me just put it this way. Is there anybody who plays worse run defense in the National Football League than the Kansas City Chiefs? Not many. Not many. They're, they're a six-point favorite, though, the Chiefs in this one. The bookies are thinking... They're back in the Chiefs. If they win, they're going to have to outscore the Colts. Yeah, I think that's it. And the, the points line kind of tells you that, Ben. It's 57. So, so odds makers, they back the Chiefs, 
and they back it to be a high scoring thing, there's going to be no defence in this one. Is that how you see it going? Yeah, I think so. Fisher was talking about Marlon Mack earlier and how he's running the ball. They're going to run the ball a lot, and they're also T.Y. Hilton's. They've got a lot of, well, they've got a lot of, they've got T.Y. Hilton, they've got Ebron, they've got him, and they've got some nice pieces around. Um, it's going to be points. I'm not sure if they're going to be 57, that's a high line, but they're going to score, and Chiefs will score, that's what they do. Yeah, and Marlon Mack, I think, is a big one to watch in this game. Uh, Chiefs terrible against the, the rush, Jeff. So Marlon Mack showed how, he, he really showed his class, I thought, mm. um, in, in wildcard weekend with a few jinks, and he just looked really good. Is he one of the ones to watch for you? I, I think that's going to be a key part of the game because he is a physical, tough downhill runner. They've got that big, physical, strong offensive line. That's, that run game will set up the play-action game for, for Luck, and it helps ensure his protection. I, I think that the, the area that I'm really concerned about with the Colts <coughs> Even though Matt Eberflus did it, the defense coordinator did a great job last week against Houston. Houston really was a one-dimensional football team when it comes <coughs> to threats offensively outside. You know, if, if they couldn't get the ball to their number one, they couldn't complete a pass. And so all he did was doubled and sat in too high coverage. I don't think you can do that against Andy Reid and all those weapons that they have in Kansas City. So I think in order for them to get pressure on the quarterback, to get to Mahomes, they're going to have to play some single high man. They're going to have to do some blitzing, which they don't like to do. And that's why, (coughs) that's the only reason that I give Kansas City the the nod in this thing is I think they will have the ability to outscore Indianapolis in a in a game that very well could you know have a 33 to 31 scoring line wow it's it's gonna be a big one I'm really excited (laughs) about this game Ben uh bookmakers are saying Chiefs halftime Chiefs full-time is even so they're they're back in the Chiefs the whole way through if you think it's gonna be a closer game the Colts to win halftime uh, and then the Chiefs to win full time is 13 to 2, so there's money to be made potentially there. But I think I favour the Chiefs getting out to an early lead and then just holding on. Yeah, Chiefs 1 to 13 points for winning margin, 7 to 5, that's not bad. 12 plus points, 13 to 8, I don't think they'll blow them out. No, I, I've got the, the 1 to 13 winning margin as well, yeah. I like that. Like that a lot. So, are we all going with the Chiefs across the board? Yeah, I, I, and again, I like that margin too. I think that's about what it's going to be, and, and I think if they and again, just the thing that's just the only concern that I had going into this is Andy Reid's history in the playoffs is not great. And you've got another rookie quarterback playing in his first NFL playoff game. That pressure that they feel cannot be underestimated. Now, here's what I see as the difference between Mahomes and Lamar Jackson. Yeah. Mahomes is a much more competitively mature player. What I mean by that is, here's a kid who grew up, his dad was in the major leagues as a base. He's been around competition, high-level competition his whole life. Lamar Jackson, the the stage was way too big for. I don't think the stage is going to be too big for Patrick Mahomes. Yeah, I like it. I like the Chiefs. Well, let's move on to the next game. The the Dallas Cowboys at the Los Angeles Rams. That's Sunday morning, 1.15 a.m. in L.A. Benny, who are you backing? I'm going for the Rams, uh, maybe because of what Jeff said as well. It's their second year in the playoffs after last year. It was disappointing last year, but I think they're ready now. Jared Goff's had a season in the playoffs, which hopefully makes a difference. He had a good, he had a good start to the season, he pieced off. And the Rams as a whole actually pieced off as well. Yeah. They do have a very high ceiling. We need to see that defence step up now. 
uh, keep making some plays on offense. Todd Gurley needs to come back to where he was. It could be a real good shoot between Gurley and Elliott, but I like the Rams in this. Yeah, ben mentioned there that the Rams kind of tailed off at the end of, uh, end of this season, Jeff. How, how hard will it be to kind of get the momentum back again? I know they won a couple of games, but that was against like, Arizona and San Francisco. You know, they need to get back amongst the high-level scoring. Well, they did do better their last game, you know, mm. and, and that's good to see. But he, this is a little bit of a... This is kind of an anomaly. When you, when you have a week off, Obviously, it's good for your health because you get to rest. But there's a school of thought that you want to continue to play on a roll and not take time away. And, and usually teams that come off of a bye week, they're going to struggle a little bit early in the game, just getting their feet underneath them again. I, I think this is really an interesting, interesting game. I, you know, I, Again, I like the Rams. I like a lot about the Rams. I don't like their run defense. I think that's an area where the Cowboys can work. But the question is, you know, is Scott Linehan going to work it, right? Too many times I watch the Cowboys and, and they seem to get away from what, you know, what, what their bread and butter is. And that is the offense goes through Ezekiel Elliott. Mm-hmm. And, you know, again, that's going to require them to feature him and make the Rams Stop the run. Do you think if maybe the Rams got up early, they could lose their heads a bit and just start throwing the ball a lot and kind of lose the fact that Elliott is their main guy? Well, yeah, I think that that's easy to have happen. And, and I think, you know, there's a tendency. And I think we saw it in the first week of the playoffs. Offensive coordinators sometimes, they want to make it all about them as opposed to all about what gets the wins. And if you're the Cowboys and you're Linehan in that bunch, you, you look at, you lost Hearns, you, you're you're questionable with Beasley and he's a tough kid I know the kid and he plays his tail off but he was nicked up in that game you didn't you didn't see the best of Cole Beasley well if you start losing weapons outside it's much easier for the Rams now to to just put a double on Cooper and and away we go so I think Zeke is the key if you're a Cowboy fan you got to see him with 35 to 40 touches in the game but I just think that the Rams again without Seeing the injury report, because I'm concerned about Gurley's health. I saw Andrew Whitworth go out of the game at the end of the week. I mean, those are big, big question marks right now. But if all things being equal, I would take the Rams. What about the other side of the ball? The Cowboys rank sixth in total defense, and they've shown that they can do it against free-scoring offenses before. They they held the Saints uh, in the dome, uh, I believe. Anyway, they, they, they... have been able to stop high-scoring offenses before. Well, and, and the thing that's interesting about the Cowboys, how that defense is built, that defense is built to rush the passer. Mm. That front four gets up the field. I mean, they get up the field. Demarcus Lawrence and those guys are, they are amazing yeah. rushing the passer. You got two linebackers in that mix with Van Der Esch and Smith that are as athletic as anybody in the league. Yeah. And Van Der Esch in pass defense has got, he's so long, he takes up two zones basically. Yeah. I just, I, I think, I, I, again, I'm not, this is not going to be a walk in a park in LA. I mean, the Rams are going to have to play and they're going to have to play well and they're going to have to get <coughs> out on top early so that the Cowboys can't just pound the ball out. Well, let's have a look at some odds. The points line is 49, Ben. Over or under on the points line, putting you under pressure? I don't know. Actually. I, like, I normally like the Rams over on the points line, but I think I'm going to go under this one. I think it might be 10, so I'm going to go under the, under the line. 
I've, I've gone under the line as well. Rams are minus seven uh, point mm-hmm. favourites in this one. I, I agree with Jeff. I think it's going to be a closer game That's than a big that. Spread, so it? yeah, I would take I would take the Chiefs plus uh, the the Cowboys plus seven. Yeah. Yeah. So you, you get uh, Rams to win what, by one to six points at seven to two, which kind of goes with that as well. Yeah. I told you, I think it's going to be a, a, a tight win for the Rams. Yeah, I like that. Um, and the Rams Rams. Uh, half time, full time is five to six as well. Again, I, well, I don't know. This is a tough one because the Cowboys half time, Rams full time. If you think it's going to be a close yeah, game, that, yeah. that's at six to one, which is kind of tasty. Yeah, and I'm going to tell you something. At Fifty points in a playoff game—that's a lot of points. Mm. I mean, that is a lot of points. And again, the Cowboys aren't a particularly explosive offense. It's not like a team that. The, the Cowboys aren't a team, unless they get turnovers, it's going to be, you know, you're going to see three touchdowns in a quarter out of that team. So I, I, I agree with Benny. I, that, that The one that's most tasty to me out of that bunch is, is, is taking the under. Yeah, I agree. Right, let's call it. Who are we going to go with? Uh, Rams. Rams. I think you got to go with the Rams. Yeah, I'm going to go with the Rams and a close one as well. Okay, on Sunday night, we've got the LA Chargers. Going to Foxborough, going to the East Coast, Jeff, the New England Patriots. That's Sunday, 5 past 6 p.m., Sky Sports America. Jeff, who are you backing in this one? The Chargers or the Patriots? Okay. The Chargers, 8-0 outside of L.A. New England, how many times have you ever seen them lose at home in the playoffs? Yeah, that this season at Foxborough as well. So, again, this is one of those ones that I think is going to be a really really close football game. Hunter Henry just got activated mm-hmm. by the Chargers. That is huge for them. Because when you watch that Charger game, they were really one-dimensional offensively. I think Gordon's hurt. I, obviously, at, late in the game, you, you didn't see the, you know, the, the specialness out of him. Eckler's a good back. Eckler's not a... You're not, you don't want to win a game with him. I, I think the Patriots... It, and this is hard to say for me. I think the Patriots have the edge here. And even though San Diego's a little bit of a charmed football team right now, one of those teams that thinks, hey, why not us? But to go into Foxborough and beat Tom Brady is a tall ask. Yeah, I mean, the bookies think that the Patriots got the edge as well, Ben. They're 4.5 point favorites. Here. Do you agree with the boogies? I don't actually. I've been rooting for the favourites in every game, but I think this one I'm with ch- the Chargers, and I want Philip Rivers to do it with his first downs. <laughs> um, that was my favourite moment of the playoffs. <laughs> <laughs> Look the camera this way, like. <laughs> um, but I just think I don't know. I feel like the Patriots are at a time when I don't know. Mr. Josh Gordon is big. They're going to obviously run the ball a lot, and there's going to be a lot of short yardage throws. Mm. And it's at Foxborough. But I don't know, I just feel like the Chargers have, if they can play that defense they played last week, I know Lamar Jackson did take account for a lot of those sacks. There's no way they're going to sack Brady seven times. But if they can get pressure on him, he's shown some vulnerability this year, unlike other years, and I think the Chargers have a chance. Yeah, the Chargers defense, they lined up big, their, their front seven was, was absolutely huge, and they tried to maul Jackson, essentially stop the run, and, and that, was, that was their game plan. They didn't worry about, about the wideout so much. Jeff... Can the Chargers do that again with the Patriots? Because the Patriots' run game is strong, but then you've got to watch out for Gronk, you've got to watch out for Edelman, and there's dangers there. Well, if Gronk was healthy, if Gronk was Gronk, I'd say yeah, this is going to be really tough for the Chargers. But 
the reality of it is when you watch Gronk play right now, he he's, he can't run anymore mm-hmm. or has not shown that he can run over the last month of the season. So I'm concerned about that aspect. I think Edelman's going to get his catches. You know, I, I, you look at that football team, Hogan's going to get his catches. You know, they, the backs will be, you know, get their catches. I, I just, I think that New England's ability to make this, you, you're not going to fool Tom Brady like you fooled Lamar Jackson. The game's not going to be too big for Tom Brady like it was for Lamar Jackson. You're not going to beat the Patriots offensive line at one-on-one like like they did the, the uh, Ravens offensive line. I, I think they did a great job of moving you know Ingram around and moving Bosa around and all that stuff. But now you've shown your hand. You've shown something. And nobody in football prepares better than the Patriots. So can you pull another rabbit out of your hat? I don't know. That's a, like I said, that's a tall ask. Yeah, the Chargers brought in uh, quite a few defensive backs to account their bigger linebackers. Do you think they'll do that again this week? Because you're looking at Edelman and White on the backfield. They could, they could probably do with these quicker guys to shut down the run, shut down the, the short yardage plays. They haven't got a big back who's going to like plow over some safeties playing linebackers. Do you think they'll employ that again? Well, I think... I think Burkhead is a physical enough back to bleed yards if you need that. And not again, he's you know he's not blunt, but he is a big physical back. And I think that again, like I said, I don't know if you're going to get away with that kind of scheme against the Patriots because what I couldn't understand, and just to talk about that that issue, I could not understand why Baltimore didn't get into their two and three tight end sets more. And say, okay, you want to play with those midgets in the box, then we're going to come in and we're just going to pound at you. They stayed in eleven personnel almost the whole game, which really played into, you know, into into the scheme. And I and I just really think that that you're not going to get that kind of opportunity again when you go in and face that guy who has that cut off hooded shirt on and in the game. I just. And it's hard for – I don't want to do it. I don't want to pick them, to be honest <laughs> with you. I don't. I, I'm just – it's not that I don't like the Patriots. I just wish that the – I'm a Phil, Philip Rivers fan. I'd love to see the Chargers be that Cinderella story. But I, you're asking me as a football guy what I think. I'm going to tell you. I think it's going to be a tall order. Uh, the line here is 47 total points, Ben. I'm inclined with this chat to go under. I'm going under. You're yeah. going under? Yeah, I think it's going to be tight. Yeah, I don't think anyone's going to blow anyone out in this game. I think it's going to be nervy. Yeah, interesting. And if you do think it's going to be a tight game, there's again some halftime, full time options for you. The Chargers at halftime and the Patriots full time is oh, six to one. Yeah. You don't like that? Pat's Chargers, Pat's halftime, Chargers full time nine to one. Oh my god! I'm all in on the Chargers. Chargers one to thirteen points, uh, winning points one to eleven to five, one to six points is nine to two. The Patriots one to thirteen is seven to five. So oh. there's some value either way. There. I've also got the um, the. The total points for the Chargers are twenty point five. That's a four to five. I quite like over over yeah over twenty point five total points for the Chargers. If they're going to win, I guess they've probably got to score about twenty two, twenty. I think it, I don't think I think it'd be like going to go twenty seventeen Chargers. What are you going, Tom? What am I going? I feel I feel a bit in the same camp as Jeff. I just can't get away from how good the Patriots are, and we've talked about how important it is to have momentum. But I think the Patriots are the team where. If you are going to have a couple of weeks off, then Bill Belichick is going to make the most of those couple of weeks. It's so hard to get away from the Patriots, but I'm going to go out on a limb and I'm going to say the Chargers. Oh! 
Yeah, throw it on the run. You said when you use the Chargers. Yeah, but, because I, I like the Chargers story. I, I, I just, I, I, can't, I can't do it. I mean, I just, I look at the game as a football guy, and I, you know, again, all of it, even though Hunter, Hunter Henry's there, and I think, I think Mike Williams is okay. I don't think he's special. I think Keenan Allen's got a little specialness to it, but who to him? But where's the strength of the Patriots' defense? It's in the secondary. Mm-hmm. Right? They can match up with those guys. Yeah, that's right. Now, the question I have about the Patriots on defense is: if Gordon's not healthy, then I think they got a chance. If Gordon's healthy, it's going to be tough because they have a, they struggle to stop the run. They got to scheme you to stop the run. They don't rush the passer very well at all. Yeah. So again, I think that those are all factors that help the Chargers. I just don't know if they that helps the Chargers enough. Well, we shall see on Sunday evening. But the last game of divisional round weekend, this one's a doozy as well. The Philadelphia Eagles at the New Orleans Saints Sunday night, nine forty p.m. Ben. Oh, well, it rhymes. <laughs> it's very nice. Uh, can the Eagles do it again? Yes, so they can. <laughs> I don't think they will, but I can't say no now after watching them whip on the Bears. Yeah. Not whip on the Bears. It's heartbreaking, it was isn't it? You it was. Like, I stayed up, and I was. It was just the, the Bears were going to win the whole way. Mm. That's in my mind. Even at the end, return, return the punt, um, return the kick. Bears going to win. They don't win. Eagles. There's something there. And I thought it wasn't there this year, but it still is. Magic. But I'm still going to go for the Saints. But they're one to four. They're big favourites. Very heavy favourites. You can get the Eagles uh, 17 to 5, just straight up. Jeff, Nick Foles, the magic man, he's the playoff king. Is he going to do it again? No. <laughs> okay, good. I mean, that's, and that's the me, end of the show. You asked me a question, we'll say, and now you ask me why, I'll tell you why I think not. When you watch that game, when you watch the Bears game, and, you know, I'm a big fan of Michael Bennett. I've known the kid since he was a high school kid. Um, and you look at that front, they're good, the Eagles are good up front, but I just didn't feel like the Bears challenged them enough. Mm-hmm. And I think that the Eagles, what you did see in the game when Robinson had such a big game and they really went after you know, their left corner from the, from, the, uh, from the Eagles, I think, again, that's all tape that, that Sean Payton and Drew Brees are going to look at and go, here we go, right? We got a chance. Can Foles do it? Yeah, I think he's going to make it tough on them. I, you know, again, I, and I got to weigh everything with this when we talk about this game. I got five ex players playing for the for the Saints, nice. so I got a vested interest. I got, <laughs> as they say, I got a little skin in this game. So, yeah. but I still, I just really think that you know, it's in New Orleans. They play extremely well, typically at home. It's going to be a great environment. The Eagles won't won't back away. The Eagles aren't going to be scared of it, but. I just don't know if that back end of Philadelphia is, is really strong enough against a guy like Mitch Trubisky will be a great quarterback. He is not a great quarterback mm-hmm. right now. Maybe the best decision maker outside of New England plays in New Orleans. Yeah. And so I think he's accurate. I think he's got enough weapons around him. I think when you compare the you know Camara to an Ingram to Howard and Cohen, I think I still give the edge to New Orleans, and I think Sean Payton will take advantage of that edge. So the Saints are the biggest favorite of the weekend, 8.5 
points in it. And actually, the, the Eagles are uh, shorter odds than they, when they were last week when they played yeah. against the Bears. So they're getting more and more of an underdog then. Um, the points line here is 50.5. Are you going over or under on that one? Um, over. I'm going over too. Yeah, I like I it. I think the Saints can score. And I think that Nick Foles will have to throw to keep up. I think he might, he might throw a few dodgy throws. He might be picking there too, but he's going to have to keep going. Um, I like the Saints to win by a margin, maybe 7 to 12 points is 4 to 1, 13 to 18 points is 17 to 4. I quite like that. I don't see it being that tight in the I think it will stay tight for a bit, but I think the Saints will pull away. Yeah, also if you fancy the Saints in this one, I've got Saints half time, Saints full time, that's a 5 to 8, so not huge odds, but if you think they're going to get out early, then that's a nice little booster for you. Are we all going the Saints along this line? Yes. I'm going to go to Saints again, but I think it's going to be closer than you guys think it's going to do be. You? I really do. I think, you know, again, think about this, about when you start talking about the strengths and weaknesses of the football team. Last last week, Khalil Mack, we were already – I gave him the, the MVP, mm-hmm. right, in the, in the league. He had, I think, one tackle and no sacks mm-hmm. and really wasn't around the quarterback all that much last week. I think that the Eagles' ability to protect – Foles is pretty pretty good. Yeah, their offensive line is solid. Now, again, whether this, I don't, you guys like that over at 50. I don't, I don't, I think this is going to be a 28-20 football game, 28-17. I just, I don't see, I just can't see these teams, 50 points, guys, in the National Football mm-hmm. League in the playoffs is a lot of points. Mm-hmm. And, and obviously this is an explosive offense in New Orleans, but, but uh, you know I mean? I wouldn't touch that. I wouldn't touch that over and under. Wow, <laughs> he destroyed us. But Drew Brees has has the best numbers of his career: seventy four point four percent completion uh, percentage this season, thirty two touchdowns to five interceptions. You know, another career high for him. Drew Brees, this is his season. This is where he's going to make his money. I like it. I'm all in on the Saints, and I always have been, Jeff. And you're you're not going to bring me down now. All no, right. I said, I'm just trying to interject some sure some rationale, some, yeah, some some sanity, some yeah, some balance in the discussion. But I do agree with you that the Saints can win football. Well, we shall see. It's going to be an excellent weekend of football. I'm excited. So there you have it. Those are our picks for NFL Divisional Weekend. It's going to be a good weekend of football, fellas. I am excited. For more great odds, make sure you go to oddschecker.com. Follow us on all social media platforms and make sure you subscribe to Oddschecker's YouTube channel too. You can read about Jeff's column on oddschecker.com as well. He's got all the good... He's, 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 got, he's a hot hand right now. He's the one you've got to follow. Don't follow Ben because he's no, getting them all wrong. Um, good luck this weekend with, with whichever bets you put on and we'll see you next week.